0: Hello and welcome to the Opening Bell, the Boxing News Podcast. My name is Matt Christie. Tris Dixon is out in Las Vegas. This week, I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Danny Flexon for his second appearance on the Opening Bell. And you have felt a little bit left out in recent weeks, haven't you, mate?
1: I think that's an understatement, to be honest. I don't like to wear uh, dirty linen in public, but I felt truly neglected. What did I do wrong? That's what I keep waking up in a cold sweat asking myself, where did I go wrong in my one previous appearance?
0: I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that, Danny. I think perhaps it was just a bit too impressive. <laughs> so, you know, we we don't like to be overshadowed. So.
1: That's like the equivalent of a woman saying, yeah. you're too good for me. <laughs> I've never believed that either.
0: <laughs> right, okay, well, moving on, moving on. <laughs> Swiftly. Um, okay, let's start. I mean, we've obviously got a huge bill in Las Vegas. Um, that Tris, as I said before, is out there covering at the moment. Working very hard. Uh, for yeah, yeah. Um, So we'll talk about that at length a little bit later, but beforehand there was a really interesting battle which you could almost guarantee is going to be a better fight than Mayweather, Maydana, and that was Lucas Matisse against John Molina. Um, Matisse never in a dull fight, but we didn't expect this one to be quite the firecracker that it turned out to be. What was your impressions of you watching it?
1: Um, I only got to watch it for the first time last night. It was um, shown in a highlights package, or extended highlights package on BT Sport on their Boxing Tonight show, which they obviously pick up the clips from Box Nation, I believe. And our own Matt Christie <laughs> was a, was an expert pundit on there um, and did an incredible job, I thought. Very smooth. Thanks, mate. Um, but I wasn't completely enraptured by Matt to the point that I didn't watch the fight. Um, yeah, it was excellent. I thought, um, Molly, I was very surprised by how tough and how well we stood up to the punches of Matisse. Obviously not a weight that he's used to. He's lost at a lower level as well, so I think he was expected to be blown out a lot earlier than he was.
0: Matisse, he had a bit of problem, he had a few problems early on, but he never really looked like he was about to be stopped, did he?
1: They bounced back up from the knockdowns, both of them, uh, from right hands. I think one hit him on the back of the head, the other one was maybe a scuffing blow. I mean, Molin is a big puncher, but more so at lightweight. And Matisse never looked in massive trouble, and he was always a stronger, fitter guy, especially in the second half of the fight, I thought
0: few people have, have, have been discussing um, a rematch, but Molina took a heck of a lot of punishment over that fight, didn't he? That is almost the kind of the kind of punishment that can take years off a career. Do you expect to see a rematch? Do you expect there to be any clamour for one?
1: Um, I think there might be some clamour in it. It was such an excellent fight to watch. But I think Matisse will be looking at bigger and better things. I think you know what you say about it taking years of his career is true and something we should always bear in mind. The American commentators on the feed that I watched last night saying oh you know it's great to watch a chess match I'm paraphrasing here but it's also great to watch a savage brutal fight or the savage science mm. I think they called it and while I like the um, soundbite it was a bit worrying because Molina it's not the first time he's been in that sort of blood mm. and guts war and if he's always coming out on the losing end as well it, it's concerning for his career
0: no definitely so for Matisse he is now saying that he wants a rematch with Danny Garcia which makes sense it's the top two in the division what chances of that happening
1: I think Garcia might think that he's already proved everything he has to prove against um, Matisse. And would you want to go back in with him? It was a relatively close fight. A knockdown maybe proved the difference. He came on strong in the second half of the fight, um, as Matisse did in this one, in fact. But it was Garcia that did it last time. It's a big-money fight. It's worthy of topping a bill on its own if it does happen again. But I think there's a lot bigger fights out there for Garcia. And he was close to losing his last fight as well. Yeah, so yeah. I think he'll want his next one to be a big-money fight, A, to motivate him, and B, just in case he does lose.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what is next then for Matisse then? I mean, do, does he does he follow the crowd and move up to welterweight, or is that a step too far for him, do you reckon?
1: He's only 5'6". You know, he's very yeah. strong, he's muscular, but he's not particularly broad. You know, he, he's very muscular, but he's not got a wide back. So it'd be hard for him, especially at his height, to go up to welterweight. Someone like Amir Khan can do it because he is so broad and rangy and, and he looks a natural welterweight anyway. But if Matisse stays at the weight he's at, does he have a rematch with Lamont Peterson? I can't see Peterson going for that with the title on the line after what Matisse did to him the first time. So it's difficult. He needs to be matched well, Matisse. He can't fight a slick, awkward spoiler, as we've seen in the past, because they'll, they'll undo him.
0: Yeah, 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 okay. All right, also on that bill, Keith Thurman, um, who is quite an in, he's an impressive fighter, he's almost an impressive character, as an impressive character as well. Um, big future in the game, impressive against Diaz. Diaz has been criticised a little bit for the ending of that fight. Um, what next for Keith Thurman? Where would you like to see him go?
1: Thurman's a star in the making. I think everyone's trying to line up the, these up-and-coming guys as future opponents for Floyd Mayweather, which is, of course, important. But if Mayweather goes a route that we'd actually like to see against someone like Pacquiao or Golovkin or someone like that, I'd quite like to see Thurman fight Sean Porter. I think that'd be an excellent fight between two up-and-coming Americans, um, both unbeaten, I believe. Um, you know, Both looking really good in their recent fights as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sean Porter really, really impressed me. I'd quite like to see. I'd quite like to see Mayweather. I'm mean trying not to dwell on Mayweather, but I would <laughs> quite like to see Mayweather go in against a Keith Thurman. If you imagine, so how many fights will he have left? Presuming he beats Maidana at the weekend, that would leave him with three, would it? Or would? three or four? I'm not sure. Okay, so I'd quite like one of those fights to be against a Keith Thurman or um, a Sean Porter. Um, okay, let's move on from that, Bill. And also the other the other action of the weekend, which was, which is quite sad, really, when it's kind of what used to be the banner division very much ignored really the fact that the world heavyweight leader um there's no wbc champion at the moment so really to all intents and purposes vladimir klitschko undisputed heavyweight champion his latest defense largely ignored by not just the sporting world but the boxing world yep. um have you seen that fight did you see the fight
1: uh, i've seen bits of it i've seen the ending i've seen kind of the highlights of it if yeah. you can call them highlights it's
0: kind of as we as we thought, straightforward win for Klitschko. How can we ignite? How can we reignite some excitement into the heavyweight division? What 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 can we do?
1: I think um, the vacant WBC title fight will have an impact. I think um Ariola's a lot more motivated than he was. I think Stiverne's are you know solid in all areas, but not exceptional in any. But I think their first fight was pretty entertaining, if a little one-sided. This one may be more competitive. The winner of that's then slated to fight Deontay Wilder, which, you know, everyone's waiting for Wilder to take a step up. See if he can do the longer rounds, see if he can take a shot in the chin. So that'll be exciting in itself. And from those kind of matches, the next big opponent, the next exciting opponent for Klitschko will come, I hope. Not forgetting British guys like Fury and Chisora, obviously, as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you you do delve a little bit deeper into the division and you look at the likes of Wilder, you look at Fury and even Chisora, it's... It's not all doom and gloom. I think but what on the surface when you got fighters like Alex Leopai kind of coming along and challenging for the title, it's it can be a little bit it can be a little bit depressing. Let's kind of move forward a little bit though. Let's imagine Klitsch goes retired. Where does he stand in history? I've I've spoken to, to John about this in the past, but I'll be interested to get your take on it. Let's not forget that he's now been this is ten years he's been unbeaten. That's one of the longest runs in heavyweight history. Um, Floyd Mayweather aside, he's probably the most dominant champion in boxing today. He doesn't get his dues, he's never ducked anybody, whereas you could argue that Mayweather has. Um, do you think it's going to take retirement for us to really appreciate what Klitschko's done?
1: Possibly, it depends how much emphasis you place on performance as opposed to results. Um, you know, he's come along in an era very similar to the one Mike Tyson emerged through. The, you know, unexceptional heavyweight champions, unexceptional contenders. But he's beaten them all, and he's dominated them all, and, and that's impressive. And he's done it for a hell of a lot longer than Tyson did. He's, he's had much greater mm. longevity. But the flip side to that is Tyson was incredibly exciting. He came with a style that few people had seen before from someone at that level. He was blasting out. You know, fighters recognised for durability. Klitschko, whether you respect him or not, is a separate issue. But his style's not great to watch. The jab and grab approach. It's very effective. But will he be remembered as kindly as a Tyson, for example, who, who burned a lot? You know, shorter.
0: Why does, I mean, okay, Klitschko's style isn't as easy on the eye as someone like Floyd Mayweather, but it's certainly, you could say, equally as, as unexciting. Why does why is Mayweather so respected and Klitschko isn't, when they're both basically doing, uh, carrying out boxing really to the letter, hit and not be hit, and they're winning, and that probably is exactly why they are the two most dominant fighters in, in the sport at the moment.
1: I think there's two main reasons. One, that uh, Mayweather's had a better class of opposition to fight, and that's not Klitschko's fault at all. It's not that he's handpicked opponents. A lot of his fight, uh, best wins have been against Mandatories other champions. But Mayweather's just had a better class of opponents to fight. Some of them were past their prime when he fought them, but you know he has fought really, really good fighters, and you know that's part of it. But also, it's Mayweather's um, personality outside the ring, yeah. the whole persona. He's made himself a huge crossover star yeah. because he is disrespectful. He is bombastic. Klitschko's neither of those things. He's very gentlemanly, he's articulate and well-spoken, but he's not got an outgoing extrovert personality.
0: But he has almost got, I mean, it's obviously on a much, much smaller scale, but he has almost got that kind of hero status in Germany and and, and kind of that part of Europe, um, as Mayweather enjoys in Las Vegas. Is there any hope that Klitschko can eventually make that crossover and, and appeal to the whole world rather than such a small section of it?
1: No, I don't think so. I think Mayweather is successful across America because, at least partly, because of the persona he's created for himself. You know, he's larger than life, and I think that that entertainment aspect is very important, especially in the US and in the Western world as a whole. I think Klitschko is very well respected in Germany because they tend to like fighters who are very technically skilled, mm-hmm. like a Henry Masker mm-hmm. or, you know, Sven Ocky, for example. They always sold out arenas despite not being particularly exciting. And so Klitschko's very popular there, but I don't see how he crosses over with his current style unless he suddenly turned himself into some sort of pantomime villain. It's very late in his career to do that, and it would come across as false.
0: Okay, okay. I think the only hope he has got, really, is if he was... If, I think, if, like you said earlier, if Deontay Wilder ends up as a WBC champion by the end of the world, and then he goes and they have that fight, maybe in Vegas or in America somewhere, that could perhaps... Perhaps get yeah. gets some of that interest. I also think something good for him, which obviously never happened, was a young
1: contender to come along and wallop his brother. You know, knock his brother out, win the WBC title, yeah. and then he conquers his brother's conqueror to unify all the belts. That's a huge story. Yeah. But unfortunately, his brother's very robust and strong, and that never happened. But that, yeah. would be, that would have been a great way for him to gain more prominence.
0: Okay, just um, do you think Klitschko will be defeated, or do you think he'll be he'll, he'll retire?
1: It's hard to see any of the guys coming up now being ready in time to beat him before he does retire. I mean, we don't know when he's going to retire, but I can't imagine it'll be more than another couple of years. So I would imagine he'll retire undefeated. It's a tentative prediction.
0: Okay, right. Moving on then to the moment, uh, <laughs> the big show in Las Vegas. I'm more interested in a fight on the undercard. Um, Amir Khan, Luis Collazo is fascinating to me for a lot of reasons. Um... I mean, you meant we we were discussing this earlier on in the week, and you said, um, you know, it was, it's a high risk fight for Amir Khan. Um, are you surprised that he's taking this fight?
1: I am. I am. I can imagine his only motivation, really, apart from the obvious, you know, salary he's getting, or his purse he's getting, rather he doesn't get a salary. Um, the only reason I can think is that he's hoping for the Mayweather fight, either in September, which is unlikely because of Ramadan and its timing, but more likely next year. He thinks, you know, bit, as Andre Ward said in the interview last night, which was also on um, Boxing Tonight on BT Sport, he hasn't been placed on that undercard by accident. Yeah, You know, the winner for that is then in pole position, although it didn't work for Danny Garcia against yeah. PT, yeah. So, but he's in pole position to then fight Mayweather, who's another Golden Boy fighter. But it's an incredibly risky fight. You know, if he had a choice between Klaza and someone else, surely he wouldn't have taken an awkward, strong southpaw for his well-to-weight debut.
0: No, that's it. It's his well weight debut. There's, there's, there's some other factors as well, isn't there? Here is the fact that he hasn't really looked impressive for quite a while now, um, since before the Lamont Peterson fight, which I believe was what 2011, end of 2011, December 2011. Um, there's the the fact that he's moving up in weight, the fact he's been out of the ring for 12 months, and of course there's, there's that relationship that that we haven't really seen positive results from as yet, um, or not or not altogether positive. Is is the relationship with Virgil Hunter? Um, Talking about that last point, do you think that that we will see a rapidly improved, sorry, a vastly improved Amir Khan as a result of his work with Virgil Hunter, the fact they have been locked away for 12 months, Khan is saying, yeah, I've I've, I've spent a lot of that time working on myself, I didn't have to focus on another opponent, give me your take on all that.
1: I think it's very hard as a fighter to reinvent yourself quite late on in your career you know khan has been a pro i think for around 10 years nine years maybe 10 years since he won the the gold mm. almost in athens uh, the silver in athens just promoted him. um so i think it's very difficult to become to gain a different style you can add nuances and you can add new skills but if you're a naturally aggressive fighter or you naturally rely on your speed coming forward it can be very difficult to become this back foot kind of, not a spoiler, but a more defensive boxer, or, or in Amir's case, a more balanced fighter, I think that's difficult at this stage of his career. And he's been through so many trainers who've all taught him different things as well, which is positive and negative.
0: Okay. Okay. It's, it is interesting. It is interesting. I mean, you look at, you know, a lot of the, the great fighters of all time, they tend to stay with the same trainer. Do you think, I, mean, there's some, I can't remember who it was now who, who did the piece for um, for our website, and it was a few months ago, saying that if Amir Khan had stuck with Oliver Harrison, he would have had a better career than he's had now. Huh? I mean, do, do you think there's, there's, there's truth in that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was at a press conference where Khan announced he split with Harrison in his next fight, which I think at the time was against Michael Gomez, and he had Dean Powell just in mm. that one fight before employing uh, Jorge Rubio, I think it was. Yeah. And I remember thinking then it was incredibly unfair on Harrison. I think, And this is something I think Joe Gallagher's mentioned before, that there's this bias towards foreign trainers in the same way as there is, I guess, t- or there was at one point, towards foreign football managers in that they're somehow more intelligent or more sophisticated than the British coaches. And we've got some great coaches in Britain. We shouldn't talk them down so much. And our fighters, you know, I'm sure Amir would rather be based over here. Maybe there's an element of cutting out distractions in being based mm. in the US. But can Virgil Hunter do more for him than, I don't know, Gallagher, for example, or Gary Lockett, Mark Tibbs, or or one of our older trainers even, you know, uh, Billy Nelson. I'm not sure he can. I think, you know, he teaches different styles, but his biggest success has been with Andre Ward, who he's had from a very, very young age. When you take someone from that young and mold them in your image and give them a certain style, they're going to be amazing if they've got the talent to go with it. Taking Khan at the age he is now, I mean, there's a lot to prove in this collazo fight for Hunter as much as there is for Khan.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely wise words. Wise words. Okay, let's we'll just, just just talk a little bit about his opponent, Luis So He's had a he's had a good career. It's not a great career. He's a former world champion. Um, he's given some of the best names, real real tests. Um, but he, is is there a danger that, that that he's being flattered slightly by the Victor Ortiz result?
1: I think his power is certainly being flattered by the Victor Ortiz result, and also by dropping Ricky Hatton when they fought. Did he drop hand? Don't know. I might have to don't check that out. I don't think Han so. dropped him, didn't he, in the first yeah, round? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's certainly been, his power's certainly been flattered by the Ortiz result because I don't think he is a massive puncher. Yeah. I think he's accurate and he's physically strong and he's awkward. He's got an awkward style. He's a southpaw. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he has been flattered. He'd lost... To Freddie Hernandez, not too yeah, long he's yeah, yeah. not a great fighter. Didn't Hernandez get blasted out by Andre Burst? Yeah, got to get one uh, niche fact right. <laughs> <laughs> got so many mistakes already. Um, so yeah, I mean, he has been flattered, but style-wise, and because he is a career or, or near career welterweight, and Khan's moving up, I think those things make it difficult for Khan anyway.
0: Okay, so I mean, we won't say what we've we've gone for in the magazine this week, which has got an extensive um Las Vegas preview inside. Um but Tris Dixon did that, Tris you know, our editor. So what what what's what's Danny Flexon's prediction for Amir Khan against Luis Collazo Who's gonna win and why?
1: I I think it is a fifty fifty fight on paper, but I would be tempted or I am tempted to go for Khan on points. I don't think Khan will stop him. Uh, I'm not sure if he's if he's ever been stopped. Um Calazzo. Uh But, yeah, I don't think Khan can stop him out if he's got the power to do that. I think it could be rocky for Khan. I think he could go down. I think he could have some dodgy moments like he did against Julio Diaz. Um, But I think if he sticks to the game plan, which Hunter will will drill into him at the end of every round, maybe from inside the ring, maybe from outside, I think he can do it. I think it'll be close, but I think he can win on points.
0: If if that prophecy rings true, is uh, entertaining but slightly rickety win for Amir Khan enough to get him the Floyd Mayweather fight? Is it enough to tell Floyd Mayweather, yes, you deserve the shot, and is it enough to convince the world that he deserves the shot?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if he looks exciting and it's a good fight, um, and he wins clearly, it's not controversial, plus he doesn't look like a major threat, which is the balance, then yeah, I think so. I think Mayweather likes fighters who look really good in their last fight, but not good in a way that suggests they'll beat Mayweather. And, you know, I mean, Mayweather's arrogant enough that he probably wouldn't think any performance would, you know, implied it that he'll beat Mayweather. But yeah. I think if Khan went out and, say, blasted Kalazzo out with newfound power at welterweight in two rounds, then I think Mayweather might think, oh, hold on, let's see his next fight. And yeah, yeah, yeah. First.
0: But So do you think that he's... This is the last last question about Amir Khan. Um, is, do you think he's doing the right thing by, by taking on this fight? If OK, so say you were Amir Khan. Would you have gone this route? Would you have taken this risky fight against Luis Kalazzo, or would you perhaps... Um, have taken one for a world title or, or, or something or would you have gone a different route?
1: Yeah, I'd have almost certainly gone a different route. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, 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 I mean, Amir's got, I don't want to say bigger balls than me, do I? Well, not literally, metaphorically, he's, he's probably got bigger balls Well, he's almost certainly he has. He's an Olympic silver medalist, not gold. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and he's fought, throughout his career, his pro career, he's fought some big challenges, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's why he's got defeats on his record, at least partly, you know. It's not just that he's got flaws, it's that he's never been afraid to take on big challenges. Um, so I respect him for it. But I think if there were other options out there, I'm not sure why they would have gone for Collazo, except for the fact that he's got all this um, fame from beating Ortiz and maybe they think they can capitalise on that. But yeah. Khan would have been better off fighting one of the other champions. Even a Sean Porter I would recommend over um, Collazo just because of his style it was a bit more straightforward.
0: Yeah. Well, the first guy that Khan beat under um, Hunter's stewardship was um, Carlos Molina who goes in against Adrian Broner. This one is not quite so difficult to call, you wouldn't <laughs> think, would you? Um, Adrian Broner, he's done a lot of talking. Some of his outside-the-ring antics have left quite a lot to be desired in the short space of time that he has been um, one of the sport's biggest stars. Were you disappointed with the announcement that, that Broner goes from an entertaining but but, but unsuccessful... Um, fight against Marcus Maidana down to Carlos Molina.
1: Very disappointed, yeah. I mean, I've got to stick up for Brona to an extent in that he did take up his rematch option against yeah, Maidana. Yeah, it's true, Maidana the, offered the lottery win that is a fight with Mayweather, clearly and, and understandably decided to take that instead. Yeah. Um, if he's going to get beaten up, which is more likely against Mayweather, he might as well get well remunerated for it. Um, but yeah, so I've got to give Brona credit for that, that. He was willing to go immediately back in with, with the guy who conquered him in such startling yeah. fashion. Um, but then once that fell through and he had options, presumably, because he is still a big name, yeah, I am disappointed. Because Molina, when he f- stepped up to fight Khan, he was a lower weight and he came up for that fight. So he's, he's not a natural welterweight. And neither's Broner, Brona, but we've seen what Broner does to people at lightweight. You know, we've seen how dominant he was in that division. So what are we going to learn from this fight about Brona? We're not going to say he's back to his best, are we, just because he's beaten Molina.
0: Will we ever see the best of Broner, or, more to the point, will we ever see um, what Broner believes will be his best? With all these things he's been saying about it, that he's going to be one of the all-time greats, he's the next Mayweather, he's going to take over the sport when his big bro retires and what have you.
1: I just think it would need a huge mindset change. I think if Mike Stafford, who's known him since he was a kid, can't bring him into line and, and can't take control of the corner, and we saw in the Maidana fight that Broner was in control of his corner for better or worse, and worse as it turned out, then no one can. You know, He really needs to have a reality check not just putting his head down in the gym, because I'm sure he works hard, but realising that there are flaws in his style that he needs to correct, that he can't just pattern himself after the best pound foul fighter in the world and it will just naturally fall into sync. But someone needs to make him understand that, and I don't think he's got enough respect for anyone to make that possible.
0: What would you say to Adrian Broner if you had the chance, mate? (laughs) What would you you say to drum it into his head?
1: I would just try and make clear (laughs) to him that if he wants to achieve all the things he set out for himself, then he needs to be diligent, he needs to be more self-aware, and he needs to be more humble. Because those things at this stage of his career are more important than how many hours he puts in on the track, how many rounds he puts in on the speed bag, and which fighters he fights. It's a mindset thing because he's got all the ability in the world. But as long as he thinks that he's better than everyone else and that he knows better than everyone else, he'll never improve.
0: Uh, is he so if you're listening, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure he is. And you don't know I'm I'm I sure, I'm sure he'll take time out to have a listen to this before he gets into the ring on yeah, Saturday. He does it before every fight. Well, um, there was a lot of talk, really, that he didn't impress against Malignaggi. Some suggested he was lucky to get the decision in that fight. Um, Then, of course, there was the disaster against Marcus Maidana. Is he right to still be at welterweight?
1: Um, He doesn't look a natural welterweight. I think we can all agree on that. Um, But maybe some of them are bad choices in terms of his opponent. I think Maidana jumped on him early. Um, which was a good thing to do from Maidana's point of view but it meant Broner took a while to recover so he never really got back into the fight to the extent that he could win it and that yeah. was a problem he had some success in the later rounds but that charge needed to start earlier and he yeah. was shell-shocked for a while and the corner was in disarray there's no getting away from that you know they seemed to be stressing out that stressed him out and he was having to calm them down it shouldn't be that way around we all know that yeah. um, the Malignaggi fight that was his first fight at World's Weight and he was still growing into the weight so you can forgive him Malignaggi was on relatively good form back then as well um, and I still thought Broner won the fight, although it was close. Um, so he's not a natural welterweight, but can he compete at welterweight with the bigger guys? Yeah, I think he can. I think he's got the skill set to make up for his lack of size. But he needs to fight the right people, and he needs to make the improvements in the gym.
0: Okay, right. So let's move on to the main event: Floyd Mayweather, Marcus Maidana. I think across pretty much everybody, apart from Marcus Maidana's team, when that fight was announced, it was a big. It was just very much disappointment, wasn't it? Trying to find the right words. because It was, it was it a was. collective sigh. It really was. Um, do you give Maidana any chance whatsoever?
1: Um, <laughs> a very, very tiny one. I mean, in in the same way that, I don't know, Alex Liepherr... Well, no, he's got more of a chance than Alex Liepherr against Klitschko. That's unfair. You know, Maidana, we have seen him hurt people at welterweight. Um, Broner doesn't really count, because he's not a natural welterweight, as we've just discussed. He has got a big punch. He has got a good work rate. He is physically strong. You know, he might cause Mayweather a few moments disarray by being in his face, hitting him behind the head, (coughs) mauling him around. But in terms of actually winning the fight, I just don't see how he does it. You know, on the front foot, he gets picked off. On the back foot, he doesn't even get close. He brawls, he gets held, he tries to box, he gets well beaten. I don't see how he wins this fight.
0: Is it true um, that, I I think it was Leonard Ellaby who was saying that um, Maidana is the hardest puncher that Mayweather has been in with? And we've only really seen, we've seen, we saw Mayweather struggle against Jose Luis Castillo. We saw him rocked and troubled by Demarcus Corley. And the only other time really was against Shane Mosley. Yeah. Now, if those guys can can have can have can can cause Mayweather trouble, can Maydana, with his, you know, he is a, he is a very very impressive puncher with that punch of his. Can he can he cause Mayweather more than just uncom- un- uncomfortable moments? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so.
1: I mean. Mosley, is a big puncher at welterweight, which yeah. is different from being a big puncher at light welterweight, which is all Maidana's proved that he is so far, I would say, yeah. even though it was an official welterweight fight against Bruno, as we've discussed, there's reasons why that's not, you know, a big thing mm. in terms of evidence. Um, Mosley was also very accurate, <laughs> which helps. Maidana's a bit more reckless, ungainly. You know, his punches can be quite winging, which means, yeah, on one side you might not see them coming, but they're less likely to connect as well. Um, I think Canelo's a bigger puncher than Maidana, surely. Mm. And and he's faster, and he's more skillful, and Mayweather dealt with him fairly comfortably. So I don't see what he can do that Canelo can't. He might throw more punches, but there'll be less good quality punches. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I just think Mayweather, he's more hittable than Canelo as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's... I mean, it's, it's, it's an event these days when, when Mayweather fights, isn't it? And... You know, Bob, Bob Aram was, you know, understandably, uh, from a rival promotional outfit, criticising Maidana as an opponent. But has Mayweather, after all these years of being unbeaten, is he allowed to fight? Well, not allowed, but has he earned the right? To a gimme? Yeah.
1: Um. Yes and no. I mean, yes, in terms of what he's achieved in his career, although there's still a lot of people that would say he didn't always fight the best people in their weight class as he travelled through that division. Um, But on the flip side, he's getting paid so much money by Showtime, and people are parting with so much money to watch him on pay-per-view. Now, you could say more for them if he's not in competitive fights on paper and they're still paying for it. Fair enough. But I think if you're getting paid that amount of money, you should listen to what the fans want, and you should try and fight in competitive fights. Also, he only fights twice a year. Surely he can fight two really good people every year if he's only going to fight twice rather than someone like Gennady Golovkin who fights, what, four or five times Mm. a year? You know, and Golovkin fighting someone like Macklin's still a bigger threat than Maidana is to Mayweather. And that's one of his five fights in a year or four fights in a year. Yeah. So no, no excuses, I don't think. I'm having a go at everyone today
0: though. Okay. Um no I I I agree with it. I agree with it. Okay, so if not then let's presume let's presume this, this all goes to script. Maidana loses convincingly. Um who should Mayweather be looking at next? Who, sh- who should he be looking at next? <laughs> and who will he be looking at next?
1: He should be looking at Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Um, he should be looking at Gennady Golovkin. He should be looking at Keith Thurman. Uh, he should be looking at Sean Porter. That's just off the top of my head. Uh, maybe the winner of Cotto Martinez, if it's Martinez. Mm. Um, but most of those I just mentioned are HBO fighters. So, and he's on Showtime, so it's probably not going to happen. I think Martinez has still got one more fight after Cotto on HBO. Um, Golovkin signed to HBO. Uh, Thurman Showtime, so that's a possibility. They're both with Golden Boy. Um, and Porter, obviously, so that could be interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd rather see the two that are on HBO than the two that aren't. But we don't really get a choice because that's the way things are. It's like Box Nation and um, Sky in this country, I guess. Although they work together more.
0: And who will he be looking at, do you think?
1: He'll be looking at a Porter or a Thurman. I think he'd be looking at Khan if it wasn't for then yeah i think that goes right in the middle of collazo beats khan he might look at collazo
0: yeah that I would think
1: m- maybe he's hoping for that because if Clazo comes off two impressive performances over big name fighters and ortiz then khan that makes him a more marketable opponent who do you think <laughs> let's put you on the spot Matt christy
0: um i don't know i don't know i agree with who i would like obviously i made it quite clear a few weeks ago in the report of the money pacquiao timothy bradley fight that Really, this is kind of last chance saloon now for Pacquiao and Mayweather. And it's still not too late. It's not going to be as good a fight as it would have been two or three years ago. But I don't think that's any reason for us just to kind of push it under the carpet and say it shouldn't happen. Um, for me, that is the fight that that, that somehow it, it it has to happen. If Mayweather wins this fight, they're both coming off a win and it would be huge in the world of sport. It was one of the few, I think it's the only fight in boxing, it's still the only fight in boxing that could, could get that levels of interest in the sport. And if something can do that, and I don't think the fight would be a dud, I'm not saying I'm saying, uh, I'm not saying I think it'd be a particularly enthralling fight of the year contender, but I certainly don't think it'd be a walkover or, or shameful for the sport. Then I think we should try and make that happen. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's wishful, it's wishful thinking. Um, speaking of Mayweather and we'll kind of close with this is that we all recently and I think this has been mentioned a couple of times is that we all recently um, put together um, a -a bookazine on Floyd Mayweather um, which you can download, you can also pick up in the shops but what is fascinating to me when you look at that is almost the change in opinion of Mayweather as he goes through his career because he was making pretty large promises early on he was getting on people's nerves (laughs) early on and the change in the writing from, I think, really, perhaps the... Delo- from the Arturo Gatti fight was that there was a lot of respect, wasn't there, Yeah. for Mayweather.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things there. One is that a lot of Mayweather's early career, at least in boxing news, was covered by our American correspondent at the time, Jim Brady. And anyone out there, I'm not just saying this to plug the book I mean, you really should pick it up just to read Jim Brady's writing. It's brilliant He's an writer. example to any writer out there. He's an a- amazing writer. Um, but he was quite a vocal critic of Mayweather who wasn't living up to expectations engendered by his performance in the mm. Olympics where he was thought unlucky to lose his uh, semi-final, I believe it was. Um, and a lot of the pressure he would put on himself with the, the big words he, he talked about. Um, there's also the fact that he started fighting better people, um, but also that other stars of his era retired or lost. So he became the preeminent star of his era where he wasn't early in his career so I think there's this idea that we now need to cherish Mayweather because he won't be around for much longer. He is the biggest box office fighter around. And he's the best fighter around. So he owe, he's owed a bit more respect and his achievements in terms of the titles he's won and the people he's beaten are, you know, pretty impressive.
0: Okay, something else um in that bookazine is something that I did um a little while ago and it was just it's always a bit of fun these things but they often often spark uh, venom from fans who disagree with with opinions is that we put Mayweather <laughs> in with with some of the greats of all time and you know to keep things kind of fair I did it at different weights and all the various weights that that, that Mayweather had performed at but if we just ask you a couple yeah go on then. um perhaps an obvious one would be at lightweight Roberto Duran against Floyd Mayweather
1: I think Mayweather would have beaten Duran. I know a lot of people disagree with do that. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, do. There you
0: go. You made, made yeah. a name for yourself on your podcast. Yeah, I'm, your podcast I'm happy to. Right. I
1: mean, I just think style-wise, did we say at lightweight or welterweight? Lightweight. Oh, hold on. No, I'm not so sure now. <laughs> no, um, no. I think Duran would have beaten him at lightweight. I don't think Mayweather was the finished article back then. I don't okay. think he'd have beaten him. I think at welterweight, he would have beaten him in the same way Ray Leonard did.
0: Okay, interesting one. At light middleweight where division Mayweather has flirted with. Floyd Mayweather against Terry Norris.
1: Mayweather would have beaten Norris pretty handily, I think. Norris was a very powerful fighter and quite well-rounded, but he didn't have that extra level to go to um, when he really needed to bring it out. I think he could be beaten mentally as well as much as physically. I think Mayweather's an incredibly frustrating guy to fight as well, and although the extra weight would have favoured Norris, I think Mayweather's style would have been too much for him.
0: Okay, one more, and uh, it's an interesting one, this. It's a middleweight where Mayweather has never fought. (laughs) against Sugar Ray Leonard so it's the Sugar Ray it's the middleweight version of Sugar Ray Leonard so maybe the 1987 version that beat Marvin Hagler rather than the 1997 version that lost to Hector Camacho how does that one go
1: uh, you've got to favor Leonard i think you'd favor Leonard against Mayweather at most weights they both fought at to be honest i think Leonard beat better people it's not Mayweather's fault they just weren't around in his era but he beat better people and he did it with more panache. He was a more aggressive fighter than Mayweather was. Uh, maybe he had a little more flair. Mayweather was probably better defensively. Um, but middleweight, where he proved himself in that great fight with Marvin Hagler, Mayweather's never fought there. Even at light middle, he hasn't been overly impressive. I can't see past Leonard in
0: that one. Okay. Well, that'll do it then, I think, for this week. Did you enjoy that? I loved it. <laughs> Am I gonna come back? Am I gonna get a third third shot? At it? I don't well, only, well I've done enough. Only you guys out there, only you guys out there and can we have a public vote and then yeah, will just... the loser. Yeah, if you just, if you just tweet <laughs> okay. Matt C Boxing News, come back Danny if you want. Hashtag come back Danny. <laughs> if you want more of... Let's uh, make it a movement. <laughs> okay, right. We'll leave it at that. I think next week it will definitely, one of us will be Tris Dixon. Um, as for, as <laughs> I won't f- be Tris Dixon. As for, no, <laughs> no I <I'll> hear you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no disrespect what, what to Tris Dixon. <laughs> one of the voices you hear next week will be Tris Dixon's. Um, as for the other one, I guess that's a mystery for now. Hashtag but, come uh, back Danny. But just keep listening. And uh, we will speak to you next week. Thanks a lot for joining us.